The Write-Off, a crime comedy drama. Episode 2, written by Jennifer Alexander. Script edited by Norla Munn, Philippa Duke, Heather Fenton and Natalie Heath. Casting by Gemma Parrish. Edited at Lana Banana Studios in Sevenoaks. A special thank you to the Heritage Garden Kitchen in Bidden, The Pink Cloud, Charlotte Bass and Sarah Lee Jones. Narrated by Matt Lacey. Starring Jamie Davis, Heather Fenton, Natalie Heath, Duncan Woodruff, James Hannaway, Victoria Jones, Ruth Hayes, Mark Hill, Melissa Smethurst, Aaron Burks and Heather Alexander. A special thank you to one of our actors, James Hannaway, who fundraises for the Big Cat Sanctuary. They are happy to announce a new exciting addition to their Big Cat Sanctuary, a female black jaguar cub. Please become a member to see this exciting addition. Please visit thebigcatsanctuary.org forward slash membership. And to Duncan Woodroff, who runs specialised stage combat courses, they are running a summer course on the 2nd to the 6th of August and can be contacted at swordandscoundrel at gmail.com. Thank you, Phil, from Ogden's Photography, who did an excellent job on taking relaxed style photos on the day of the recording session. He can do all types of photography. He has beautiful artwork and prints available at ogdenphotography.co.uk. Part 3 Exterior, Stuart's house, day. Molly and Matthew pull up outside Stuart's house with Zoe, Noel and Liam in the back. Ah, what about the kids? Yeah, best not take them in. You know, in case our hunch pays off. Tom walks by their car and turns back when he recognises them. Interior, Stuart's back garden, day. There's a record player playing classical music. Stuart is digging a big hole at the back of his shed. Matthew and Molly come through the gate wearing masks. Stuart walks towards the front of the shed. His clothes and hands are covered in soil. Why, hello again. You're just in time for me to take a break from gardening. Molly looks suspicious and walks towards the shed. I was just about to plant some sweet peas. Bit deep for sweet peas, Stuart. Matthew looks at the padlock on the shed door. Open this up, Stuart. Stuart sizes Matthew up, but reaches into his pocket for the key. Uh, What's going on? Stuart hands the key over. Matthew unlocks the padlock and opens the door. Stuart holds his breath. Inside, as Molly and Matthew are looking in, there's nothing in there except gardening tools, soil and planters. Stuart glances at the statue Matthew was suspicious about earlier. When they turn around towards him, he smiles warmly. Okay, we must have made a mistake. Well, I'm sure you can both fill me in. Let me clean myself up and I'll bring some tea out. Do you mind if I use your toilet? Of course. Why not? You're wearing a mask. Interior, Stuart's house, day. Stuart and Molly walk through the hall. Stuart removes his dirty shoes. I'll take the bathroom upstairs, my dear, and you can take the one through there. Stuart gestures to the door. Molly nods and Stuart rushes upstairs. There's the sound of the bathroom door shutting behind him. Molly looks up the stairs and walks in the other direction quietly. Molly approaches the lounge doorway and looks in. When she goes to the kitchen and takes a quick look around, she sees a pantry door that's locked. 
Outside, Matthew looks at his watch. He starts walking towards the house. He comes into the kitchen and notices the pantry door with a padlock hanging off it. Matthew opens the door a little more. Stuart is behind him with the statue raised in the air. Tom comes through and leaps towards Stuart and they fall together on the kitchen floor. They struggle until Tom has pulled Stuart's hands behind his back. Molly comes in, shocked to see the commotion. All right, beautiful. Molly hands Tom some handcuffs. Oh, is this for Stuart or will we be needing these later? Tom winks. You're a narcissist, Tom. Not everyone wants to sleep with you. Molly tries not to smile. She's a little impressed. Where's the kids? Tom points to the garden. Zoe is strapped safely in a pushchair with Liam holding onto it. Noel is taking a whiz on Stuart's dahlias. Stuart sighs and gives up, resting for a moment on the floor. Sometime later, police officers walk in and out the kitchen. Through the unlocked pantry door, an unsteady Ben is assisted by paramedics up the steps from the basement. Stuart is walked to the car by Molly and she opens the back seat door. Matthew buckles Zoe into the other car and Noel and Liam get in. Tom walks up to Stuart before Molly shuts the door. Hang on. I would like to know what went down here. We're going to question him at the station. You haven't worked it out yet. Molly looks unsure. We knew something was up when you said you shared something special with Ben, but then you tried to cast doubt on him. Matthew walks over and two police officers get into the police car ready to take Stuart away. And? You can do it. Oh, I guess Lydia is the smart one, is she? It was a statue in the plate that broke that I kept going back to. It was almost like you were setting a scene in a play and it felt like you were improvising when you used the cat as an excuse. Ben also had just spoken to Mary and that was the last place he was seen. Flashback exterior Stuart's garden, day. Ben comes in through the gate and approaches Stuart, who's sunbathing. Ben looks livid as he confronts Stuart. Stuart picks up the statue and cracks it over Ben's head. In doing so, he knocks over a plate. The most unsettling realisation is that Ben was there somewhere with a head injury while we were there. There's blood over the statue and Stuart washes it off with a jug of water on the grass, placing it back next to the other statue. Stuart hears a car door shut and panics. Stuart drags an unconscious Ben round the other side of the house. End of flashback. Present. Uh, this is all very interesting, but you've got me for GBH at the most, not for Ellie's murder. Matthew and Molly look at each other, irritated. Tom shuts the door on Stuart and Stuart is driven away. Matthew phones Lydia. We've only got Stuart for GBH, but we need to figure out how he killed Ellie. Right, OK. Give me a little while to look over everything again. We can at least rule out Ben now. OK, great, thanks. Matthew hangs up and Tom is behind him, smiling. So, that's her, is it? Matthew blushes. Give it a rest, would you? You two need to get together and do us all a favour. Timing's not right. Oh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. There will never be a perfect time. You'd probably be able to solve the case if you weren't overthinking this. I need to weigh up the pros and cons. Go, oh, Matthew, get her. I'll walk the boys home and you can take Zoe. But Go, you fool! 
Interior, hospital, day. Lydia's going through the iPad and looking at photos of the crime scene. The gun and hook lay near a deceased Ellie, hunched over the desk. Lydia looks at the notes further and reads about who was in the Zoom call, that Ben's face was frozen and that he had a background in IT. Lydia gets out her phone and calls Matthew, but there's no answer, so she calls Molly. Hello? Are you sure we should rule Ben out completely? It has to be Stuart, as he wants to shut up Ben for a reason. Oh, hang on. Tom's saying something. I'll pass him over. Uh, Yeah, I remember something now. Why I had an argument with Stuart. It it weren't that he were trying to take over all the production rules. He he were encouraging Ben to propose to Ellie, even though she was... Gay? It was you, wasn't it? That saw Ellie and Amelia together that night. Aye. And I overheard Stuart talking to Ben when I saw them chatting at the park, roughly a week before the Zoom rehearsal. I remember him saying something about uh, pre-recording something for her, but she won't, she won't be expecting it. And then, of course, he must have changed his mind because there were no proposal. Hmm. Yeah, and he, and he handed something over to Ben that he said he would give to Ellie before the day, but, but it were in a bag and I couldn't see what it was. Sometime later. Lydia's looking at the iPad. Some nurses are chatting out in the corridor. They made me go over to A&E this morning, short-staffed as usual. Bet it was hectic. <laughs> I had some I had some pretty funny patients. There was this man there with a broken toe. He showed me this magic trick. You can use it with, like, any small objects that look the same, and you swap them over. Yes? Lydia's eyes widen. She looks at Ben's initial interview notes and says he was in charge of props. Lydia tries calling Matthew but doesn't get hold of him, so she calls Molly. Hello? I've got it, Molly. Tell me if this makes sense. Exterior, police station, day. Molly floors it next to a police car where there is two police officers, one about to take Stuart out of the car in cuffs. She rushes out of her car with Noel and Liam in the back. Watch your speed, Mole. Give me a moment with Einstein. The police officers walk off and she opens the back door where Stuart is sitting, smug. Oh, hello, dear. Before you presume to talk to me any further, I know you shouldn't be talking to me without my solicitor. Did the plods not teach you that? I would have thought you spending five minutes studying two-pence psychology would help you in most areas of life, Stuart. Stuart's smug face looks more threatened. Fine. I'll indulge you, for old time's sake, if your brain can comprehend itself. Yes, you do like to prey on people who are... Say a little less worldly? I don't know what you mean. I'm talking about poor Ben. Flashback, exterior, park, day. Tom sees Stuart and Ben talking at the park. He comes closer to them but doesn't approach them. Tom saw you talking to Ben and handing over a bag to him. And of course, inside was a supposed prop gun. Tom approaches Stuart as Ben walks off. Stuart looks startled. End of flashback. Present. Stuart looks slightly impressed. Yes, that's right. Only it wasn't a prop gun, was it? (laughs) Clever girl. But I didn't kill her, did I? It was impossible. I wasn't there. No, but you didn't have to be there, did you? I'm guessing that you took advantage of the fact you knew Ellie suffered from depression. 
I'm afraid I don't know what you mean. Stuart smiles menacingly. If you have the intelligence to put the puzzle together, I'll die of shock. I'll hold you to that promise. Molly crosses her fingers behind her back. Flashback, interior, Ben's study, night. Ben is editing on his laptop, adding sound effects and freezing effects for parts of the video. You approached Ben, convinced him to pre-record the Zoom rehearsal, even deviously using the screen freezing to prevent him having to actually talk to anyone. Ben sneaks into Ellie's house and recording studio and hides under the desk. Ellie comes in, turns the lock and sits down at her desk. A little while later, there's a gunshot and sheer panic on Ben's face. End of flashback. Present. All so he could sneak into her studio beforehand, ready to surprise her and propose. I convinced him that Ellie used a real gun in the end because she was depressed and that it wasn't his fault. So easily led that man. It was too easy very good. I'm almost impressed. Molly nods and holds her hand out. Hold your horses, Stuart. Getting back to Ellie, you convinced her to play a practical joke on the cast by pretending to shoot herself. Stuart looks a bit defeated but relieved. What can I say? Lockdown is dull. I was bored. It's easy to manipulate those with a feeble intelligence such as dim-witted Ben. I even convinced him Ellie would say yes to his proposal. He believed what he wanted to hear. And poor Ellie didn't know she was going to die. She wouldn't let me help her. She was terribly inexperienced and it would have been better if I took the reins. This is about... Not directing the show. Yes, yes, but it's also about her giving me nothing to work with, with, with my character. Molly looks horrified. You can't be that petty. Uh, of course I am. If you hadn't noticed, I'm a high-functioning sociopath. That two-pence psychology didn't cure me in the end, it seems. I'm guessing this was all a game to you, wasn't it? Uh, you, you even called in from a payphone to give us the anonymous tip about it being someone from your theatre group who murdered Ellie. Yep. Just to throw us off completely, you left the hook at the scene before the rehearsal. When you went to talk to Ellie about the practical joke idea, you did this also to make us look into you first and rule you out first. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very basic misdirection, my dear. Now, my solicitor. Interior. Shane's new flat. Day. Caroline is fast asleep in bed. Caroline's phone vibrates on the bedside table. Shane answers it, taking the call in the hallway. Uh, hello? Caroline's phone? Shane? Is that you? Lydia? Shane looks at the phone screen, seeing Lydia's name on it, and kicks himself for answering. I tried calling home, but Nan said she didn't know where Mum was. Shane looks panicked. Is she with you? Shane looks back through to the bedroom. Caroline snores. 
Shane? She, uh, I borrowed the phone, but uh, she's with patience today. Huh. She must have swapped a shift. Is there something I can help you with? Interior, supermarket, day. Matthew dashes in carrying Zoe and grabs some flowers. He waits impatiently at the self-checkout line and rushes back to the car to go to the hospital. Exterior, road coming into the hospital, day. Matthew is driving with Zoe asleep in the back. An old lady is at the zebra crossing and as she crosses, he notices the carer with another patient in the wheelchair. Matthew grins politely but impatiently hits his steering wheel in frustration and then accidentally jerks the car forward, scaring the carer and her patient. (gasps) Exterior, hospital entrance, day. Lydia walks slowly at the entrance, her phone pings. It's Shane texting, Just pulling up now. Sorry. Far off in the distance, Matthew pulls into a disabled spot. He grabs the flowers from the passenger seat and gets out the car. There's a patient in a wheelchair nearby glaring at him. Where's your badge, you tosser? I'm police, I can park anywhere. Matthew spots Lydia towards the entrance. Lydia! The patient in the wheelchair runs over his feet deliberately as he wheels off and Matthew crouches down in agony. Ah! Lydia hears and looks towards Matthew's direction but doesn't see him. Instead, she sees Amit being helped by Laura towards her car. Amit puts his arms around her waist and she wraps hers around his shoulders. He kisses her and they look genuinely in love. Lydia looks on, upset. Shane walks up to her and gives her a hug, causing her to break down. Matthew stumbles towards her. I'm sorry. Hi. Hey, now. I'm alone. You'll never be alone, Lydia. Matthew watches Shane comforting a broken Lydia. He takes a step forward but decides not to come any closer. He turns and walks back to his car and gets in. Shane notices Matthew. Zoe is still in the back of the car and wakes up. Matthew. Matthew jumps in his skin. Christ, Zoe. I almost forgot. I mean, I thought you were asleep. Do you have a best friend? Because mine is mummy. Uh, that's nice. Mine is my dog. Though it's probably one-sided. Can we go and see your doggy? Sure, we can pick him up on the way back to Mummy's house. Exterior, Caroline's driveway, evening. Matthew pulls up on the driveway. Laura's car is there and Amit and Laura come out of the house with Caroline. Finally. Matthew gets out the car and gets Zoe out. Bandit follows Zoe. She wanted to meet Bandit. Oh, he's very cute. Daddy, can we take him back for a sleepover? No, darling, he belongs to Matthew. Amit opens the door to Zoe's seat. Zoe runs back to Matthew and gives him a hug and he's touched. She unenthusiastically gets into her seat. Well, I was going to wait for your birthday, but we can get you a hamster. Okay. Amit buckles her in and gets back into the car along with Laura. They drive away. Matthew walks back to his car. Matthew? Yeah? Shane told me he saw you at the hospital. I think she would have liked to have known you were there. Yeah, maybe. Have a good evening. Matthew gets into his car. Exterior, Molly's Road in Bramley, evening. Molly comes out of her house to meet Tom and she looks nice with her hair styled and casual clothes. All right, gorgeous. Flattery won't get you far with me, Tom. 
but thank you. They start walking down the road. You're not even noticed my new trainers. I like compliments too. Okay, there's my first strike against you. I don't like needy blokes, and I've got two kids to look after. I don't want no man-child. Okay, so I know you'll appreciate this being a detective. Tom pulls a piece of paper out from his back pocket. Compatibility slash interrogation questions. (laughs) You work quick, don't you? Warm-up question first. Do you want to marry me? What? (laughs) Just joking, that's for date two. Molly rolls her eyes. (laughs) Okay, what are you looking for in a man? I'm not looking for one. Try something else. Tom scans the questions with his finger. Uh, favourite takeaway food? Now you're talking. Molly looks back at Caroline's house and looks sad for a moment, but carries on walking. Interior, Caroline's kitchen, late evening. Mary is batch cooking lasagna. Molly walks in wearing a mask. How's the patient? She's doing well. Where are the boys? They're at their dad's. Molly looks at all the lasagnas cooling on the worktops. Mary, um, you're not fattening her up again, are you? Well, I thought... Don't you remember the summer of 2004? Hmm. Remind me, dear. Lydia dumped by Chris. You force-fed her carbs for a month and she had to crash diet before prom. <gasps> oh, dear. Yes, yes, I do. Oh, what am I going to do with all of them? I'll take a few off your hands. <laughs> Three mouths to feed. Your heart's in the right place, bless you. You're right. She's not 16 anymore. Hmm. She's a strong one, our Lydia. Interior, Lydia's bedroom, late evening. Lydia lies curled up in a fetal position in bed as she watches Eat, Pray, Love. She's been crying so much she has panda eyes and her hair has been scruffily coiled up on top of her head. She looks well and truly fed up. Molly knocks and comes in slowly. Oh, Christ. Lydia sighs. Hey. Molly sits next to her on the bed. You're not really this upset over that idiot, are you? No. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just... I can't go out and let my hair down like a normal, non-pandemic single person. Turn this off. It's depressing. You can pray if that's your thing, but no overeating and you can't travel, so... Lydia struggles to reach for the remote and it takes a while for Molly to notice. Why are you lying down like that? I can't lie on my back. I can't sit upright. It's not helping the situation. Molly picks up the remote and turns the TV off. You look like a loser. Thanks. The point is, though, is that you're not... You're going to spend one last night licking your wounds and then you're going to get better and come back stronger than ever, you understand? Thanks. I don't feel like a winner right now. You solved a case through all of this. (laughs) You're unstoppable. Lydia smiles. Yeah. You're right. Maybe take a shower tomorrow? You pong. Lydia's smile fades. Right. Yeah. Molly looks Lydia up and down. Then when the hairdressers and beauticians open, I'll take you and sort all this out for you. (laughs) Molly gestures the whole of Lydia's face and body. Thanks. I think. Molly pats Lydia's leg, then takes out sanitizer from her pocket and rubs some on her hands. So, we're good now? 
Lydia smiles and takes a sip of tea. Yeah. Are you going to tell me about this sex dream with Matthew? Lydia spits out her tea in shock. How did you know about that? You really don't remember? You told Matthew when you were high on morphine. What? (laughs) You are a bit of a loser. Molly laughs. Lydia puts her hands over her face. Oh, I am, I am. I can't believe I'm going to ask you this, but he's driving me crazy. What? How do you feel about Matthew? Oh, I don't know. That's okay. No need to make big decisions right now, but just don't leave him hanging forever. I won't. I promise. So, what should we watch next? (laughs) Lydia looks through the choices on the TV. Where's your mum? I don't know. I think at work. Did she give Shane his phone back? When I called her earlier about the case, she had Shane's phone. Shane has mum's phone. They look at each other, puzzled for a moment. That's odd. (laughs) Must have picked up the wrong phones by accident. Molly shrugs. Lydia starts the next film. The end.